Good morning, church. Grace and peace to you from the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to this time of worship at Faith Community United Methodist on this Pentecost Sunday. It's good to be together with you in this place as we celebrate God's presence with us here in the Holy Spirit. I uh, would encourage you to find the attendance pads that are in each of the pews. Fill those out. Pass them along to others that are worshiping beside you this morning. As you do that, make sure that you take note of your announcement sheet that is on the insert in your bulletin, a number of things in there uh, coming up, the volunteer, uh, VBS volunteer lunch and orientation coming up this week. If you haven't uh, already signed up to volunteer, I'm sure that there are other opportunities available, so, so make sure that you come to that. Uh, coins for missions next Sunday, bring your coins for that. The Father's Day carnations are on sale, the box for that is out in the narthex. Uh, and of course the vac Vacation Bible School uh, dates are on there uh, for coming for that. We need greeters. There's a, a sheet out in the narthex to sign up to be greeters, and we're always in need of more greeters, so uh, if you would be willing to serve in that capacity, we appreciate that and ask you to sign up for that. Um, today, of course, it, being Pentecost Sunday, we have our lunch following worship down in the community center. We're set up down there. I hope that you're planning on staying and joining us for lunch. We'll be celebrating uh, the church will also be celebrating all of the musicians who have blessed our worship uh, through this past year, so I hope that you come and uh, join us for that. We are celebrating communion this morning, and I want to say a word about uh, how we are doing that. We are going back to passing the plates in the pews with the uh, bread and with the juice. However, uh, we do have the prepackaged kits for those who would still be more comfortable uh, receiving it in that way, and we do also have gluten-free bread. So there's a plate of uh, gluten-free. There's a plate of the prepackaged kits. There is going to be an usher. As, as the ushers come with the uh, plates of bread, there will be an usher that also has the gluten-free and the prepackaged. And so if you need either one of those, just get the attention of the usher who has those plates, and they will get that for you as we uh, celebrate communion together in the pews. We come this morning to offer God our worship and our praise, so let us be in a spirit of worship as the choir presents the music of the introit. And please join me in our opening prayer that is printed in your bulletin. Amazing God, who created humanity as one people, come among us now to reunify us. 
Out of our differences, create understanding and eagerness to explore the variety among us. Out of our narrowness, fashion a breath of involvement to feed our spirits. May we dream dreams and see visions. May we truly hear our sisters and brothers and respond to them with empathy and love. In Jesus' name, amen. It was uh, left out of the bulletin, and I apologize for that, but we are celebrating our acolytes this morning. And so those who are uh, doing the acolyte recognition, I would invite them to, to come up at this time. I believe Virginia and Rhonda. Could the acolytes also please come up? We would like to recognize them at this time. We have just three of them here today, and we really have six that we're going to recognize. But um, we just want to want you to see these people. Uh, they're just really great kids. It's been fun to work with them. The Bible, God tells us in Deuteronomy to love and serve the Lord with all our hearts and souls. And that's what these young people have done for the last several years. I'm going to start with Micah. He has been four years as an acolyte, and uh, he goes to middle school at, at Warner. That's, yeah, that's what I thought. And this has been his fourth year. He'll be in the seventh grade next year. This family has been so dependable for several years as an acolyte, and I really want to appreciate them. So Rhonda has a presentation at this time for Micah. I think that water bottle has his name on it, too. I think that's kind of neat. So, yeah. Uh, and then there's Morgan here. And she has been two years, right? And she'll be in the fifth grade, as I thought, at Tecumseh. And so, Morgan, some, if you see somebody flying in from the car at the last minute, it could very well be Morgan because she knows when she's supposed to acolyte and she's here. So, um, thank you, Morgan. And then there's AJ. If you haven't met AJ, just tell him, and he will tell you about himself. He's, very, <laughs> he's, been, he's been very interesting and very glad. To, he wants me to give him the microphone. I know he does. <laughs> yeah, I, oh, you're welcome. Um, AJ has been an acolyte for two years now. And he is the grandson of, yes, and, and also it was just a couple years ago, it wasn't just Flo that was in the, in the uh, altar, but I'm sorry, in the choir, but her, son, her husband Joe was there also, and I know you remember Joe, and she, he reminds me a lot of Joe. And I can tell he loves his grandma and grandpa a whole bunch. So, what? Okay. I won't say any more so he won't tear up. Thank you. Okay. So, thanks, AJ. You've done a great job. There's um, three others um, that I'd like to mention. The first one is um, Evelyn, uh, Evelyn Mahan. And uh, she's got a grandma and grandpa that are usually here, too, working as in the choir, is she here today? Yes, she is. Wave your hand, Evelyn. And, um, uh, no, wave your hand, Judy. <laughs> 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 and, 
Evelyn is not here. Uh, she couldn't come. She told me she wouldn't be able to come. But she has been, this is her first year as an acolyte. And then we have the Mossing children uh, who are up in the northern Ohio. There was a, uh, why am I saying words wrong today? There was a funeral in that family, and they went up to spend time with the family. So that was Will, who has been an acolyte for six years, and so he'll be a freshman next year at Cedarville. So they kind of graduate out at eighth grade, but they really don't have to. We can use them a long time if they want to stay. And then there's uh, Catherine, who is in the fourth grade, and this is her second year uh, also, same as Morgan, uh, to um, Acolyte. They've done a very good job, and I really appreciate you all. So if you would please give them a round of applause. Appreciate it. Okay. Thank you, and thank you to Rhonda, who makes sure that this happens, too. She called me what, two months ago, and said, do you think we should do this again? I said, absolutely. So, so we're really glad to have you. Thank you very much. And thank you for appreciating them. And thanks to Pastor Andy. We're going to turn now to our prayer time as you remain seated invite you to sing our prayer hymn, which is number 393 in the hymnal. Uh, Spirit of the living God, we're going to sing through this chorus two times. Let us sing together in prayer. Spirit of the living God, 
indeed fall afresh upon us this morning. This is our prayer every day. This is our prayer every time we come together in this place to offer our worship and our praise to you, that your holy and living spirit would fall afresh upon us. We pray for that not just on Pentecost, but every Sunday, but especially on Pentecost, that we might feel your Holy Spirit afresh this morning, just as you poured out your Holy Spirit on those first disciples, on those first believers so long ago, and worked your miraculous wonders through them to give birth to your church, to spread the gospel throughout the world. And because of that, Lord, your gospel has come even to us. We have received the truth of salvation in Jesus Christ. And we thank you and we celebrate that this morning, that we know that as we come into this place, we come into your presence, not because of our goodness, but because of your goodness to us not because of our faithfulness, but because of your faithfulness to your promise that you made so long ago that you have fulfilled in Jesus Christ through his death and resurrection, that you have fulfilled through the pouring out of your Holy Spirit upon all flesh. Lord, work through this congregation to spread that gospel even farther. We thank you for so many in this church who give of their times and their abilities to serve you. We thank you for the acolytes that we celebrate this morning, the young ones who bring the flame into this sanctuary, the light of your presence coming before us, leading us forward. We thank you for all of the musicians of this church, the choir, the bell choir, the accompaniments, the praise band, all of those who who have given of their talents to, to serve you and to bless us, that have led us in worship, that have led us to praise. We pray that you will bless each one for our efforts, for what we do for you, that you will continue to work through us, continue to bind this church together in a spirit of unity and peace, love and joy, May we feel your presence not just this day, but every time we come together, that we know that it is you, Lord, who binds us together as one. Through the grace of your Son, who is our Savior, Jesus the Christ. It is in his name that we offer you our worship and our prayers, and it is in his words that he taught us that we now pray to you together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We continue to worship through the giving of our tithes and offerings as the ushers come to wait upon us.
please join me in the prayer of dedication. God of wind and fire, may new life be breathed into the world because of these gifts we return to you. Grant us enhanced capacity to carry your revelation to others in ways they can understand. We seek to be to one another channels of your love and peace, both in person and through the outreach of our offerings. Amen. Please be seated. Our scripture lesson today is taken from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues, as of fire, appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages, as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every people under heaven living in Jerusalem, and at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all of these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Fellow Jews and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. On the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall see dream, shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portions in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen.
When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. That's the first verse of Acts 2, the first verse from our reading for today. And the first thing that caught my attention about this reading is contained in that first verse. They were all together in one place. That phrase struck my ears a little bit differently this year than it has in years past. This Bible passage from Acts 2 is almost always the scripture reading for Pentecost Sunday. We read it year after year. We've heard these words any number of times throughout our lives. But I think you can already suspect why this phrase jumped out at me the way that it did on this particular Pentecost Sunday. Back in March of 2020, we had one worship service at 1030. It had been that way for several years, going back to before my arrival here. But in the middle of March 2020, our church building, along with church buildings throughout the country and around the world, were closed down due to the coronavirus. We were encouraged to stay home, stay away from large gatherings. For three and a half months, our worship was all done online, except for the couple of times when we gathered in our cars out in the parking lot. When the building opened back up in July of 2020, we were still encouraged not to gather in large groups. A maximum of 50 was recommended at the time. So we held two worship services in the community center with the chairs spread way apart from one another. No more than 50 people coming to each service. Over the next couple of years, some things changed. The number limit increased from 50 to 100 and then it went away entirely. One of the services moved back in here into the sanctuary. The other service transitioned into a contemporary format. The one thing that didn't change was that we continued to separate into two separate services. Today, Pentecost Sunday 2022, is the first time in well over two years that it can rightly be said a faith community, United Methodist, they were all together in one place. And the first verse of our scripture reading for today says of the first Christian church on that first Pentecost Sunday, they were all together in one place. I just think that's pretty cool. What's even more cool to me, though, is to realize that it was roughly the same number of people gathered on that first Pentecost as are gathered in this room today. Our in-person attendance has been averaging around 120 or in the 120s, which, by the way, is pretty great considering that our average attendance just prior to COVID was right around 140. Most churches haven't seen anywhere close to an 85% return of their in-person worshipers. And when you consider how many other people are worshiping with us online, an option that we didn't even have prior to 2020, welcome to all of you at home, by the way. 
The way that this congregation has held together and even grown through the turmoil of the past two years is truly remarkable. But back to that 120. We have roughly 120 who gather in person here for worship on Sunday morning. And Acts 1, verse 15 says, In those days Peter stood up among the believers. Together the crowd numbered about 120 persons. What I'm saying is this. We, here today, in this room, are in almost the exact same position as a congregation as the entire Christian church was in on that first Pentecost Sunday. About 120 believers all together in one place. Why should we not expect the same outpouring of the Holy Spirit on us here today? Of course, the place that they were gathered in was quite different. It wasn't a nice-looking sanctuary like, like we're in today. There were no church buildings yet. They generally gathered in people's homes. Now, who would have had a house at that time large enough for a gathering of 120 people? I'm not sure. But they were in one house, at least at, in the beginning of the story. Verse 2 says, The sound of a violent wind from heaven came, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. So somehow they were all sitting together in one house, all 120 of them. If you're not comfortable in here today, just be glad you weren't living back then. I'm sure that for some it was unbearably stuffy in that room, and others probably thought it was too cold. It was too bright in there for some, too dark for others. Some of them probably thought that the music was better back in Galilee. The Bible doesn't tell us at what hour they were gathering, but I'm sure that not all 120 of them were happy about it. Some of them would have liked to get on with their day sooner. Others, for others, it took every effort that they had in them to get there on time. You get where I'm going? <laughs> when you get upwards of 120 people all trying to worship together in one place, they're all going to find something to complain about if that's what they have their mind set on doing. But the Bible doesn't say anything about that in this story, does it? Hmm. Isn't that remarkable? Maybe that tells us something. Maybe that suggests to us a key difference between ourselves and that first generation of Christians when we ask ourselves why we don't experience the same outbreak of the Holy Spirit among us as they did that day. Maybe it has something to do with where our focus is and what we think is of utmost importance. Consider this. From the time that you walked into this sanctuary this morning, where has your attention been? Has it been on your surroundings? Or has it been on God? Have you spent more time thinking about what you like and what you don't like? Which aspects of the service you approve of and which you wish were done differently? Or have you spent more time focusing on the promise of God in Jesus Christ and the promise of Jesus Christ to send you the helper, the comforter, the power of his very presence within you in the person of the Holy Spirit? That first generation of believers were filled 
with the Holy Spirit. They didn't care about anything as much as they cared about what Jesus had promised to send them. The faith and the power that Jesus would place within them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. The passage then goes on to talk about how devout Jews from every nation were gathered in Jerusalem, and they all heard the word being proclaimed, each of them in their own native tongue. This wasn't a matter of simple interpretation, as if the Christians were speaking in one language and the people were hearing in another. The Bible specifically says the Christians were speaking in other languages, languages they did not know, words that were given to them by the Holy Spirit. Somewhere in this story, the Bible doesn't tell us where, the setting changes. At the beginning of our reading, the Christians are all gathered together in one place, inside a house, By the end of our reading, Peter is preaching to a crowd of thousands. 3,000 were converted by Peter's sermon that day. Now, I don't know what kind of a house they were in that 120 people gathered there at the beginning of the story, but I know for certain that those thousands of people listening to Peter's sermon were not all gathered inside that one house. Sometime in the midst of this story, the church spilled out of that house out onto the streets. It has always intrigued me that the Bible never tells us when or how that movement out into the streets took place. It's almost as if the walls that were present in verse 2 just somehow melt away somewhere between verses 4 and 5. I don't think it was anything as magical as that, though. It seems to me that the Christians, once they were filled with the Holy Spirit, left the house in which they had gathered together, and they went out into the streets and marketplaces proclaiming the gospel in these different languages. In other words, they didn't all stay in one place, sitting around speaking in tongues to one another. The Holy Spirit sent them out of that place so that they could go proclaim the word to those who had not yet heard it. That has some significant implications for us, doesn't it? I mean, it's nice having all of us here in one place at one time to worship as one, to witness to our unity, to celebrate our fellowship. But that's not where the story of Pentecost leads is it? That's where the story of Pentecost begins. But it leads outside, beyond the walls, out into the community, out onto the streets, out into the marketplaces, onto the town square, to wherever there are people who have not yet heard and received the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because let's be honest, if all we do is stay inside this sanctuary and preach the gospel to each other, that isn't going to do it. If we just sit back and wait for someone to stumble in and overhear the message, that does happen from time to time, but that is not how the gospel is going to spread throughout Xenia and Green County. That is not how the church is going to grow into what God is calling us to be. 
When the Holy Spirit comes upon us, He pushes us beyond the walls to share the message with everyone, particularly with those who have not yet heard, especially with those who would never have otherwise come into this house. There is something special, something special that happens when we are all together in one place just as there was something special that happened when those first Christians all gathered in one place on that day of Pentecost. There's a spirit, a a spirit that we can feel feel that, that we might not feel in any other place. There's a fellowship that we can enjoy that goes far beyond any sense of fellowship that you can find out in the world. A unity, a connection to one another that, that transcends all other categories. It is here that we can strengthen one another in faith. It is here that we can wait for and receive the Holy Spirit. And it is from here that we are then set out by the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? What does that mean for us? They were asking that question all the way back then. Verse 12, all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? It was Peter who gave the answer. Some of the onlookers sneered, and they said that the Christians were just drunk. But Peter said, no. This is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. And then he went on to to quote several verses of Joel 2, in which God had promised, I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Sons and daughters, young and old, even slaves, both male and female, People of all kinds and categories and classes would receive the Holy Spirit with no distinctions being made. Even Peter didn't understand the whole implications of this until much later on. We we saw a couple of weeks ago when we looked at Acts chapters 10 and 11 that Peter didn't yet understand that the Holy Spirit would be given to Jew and Gentile alike, that that is what God meant when he spoke through the prophet Joel I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. But even then, even then, not not understanding the full implications, Peter already understood, even on that first day, that what was happening was the fulfillment of that prophecy. Peter concluded his quote of Joel with this verse, that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Plain and simple. That is the answer to the question, what does this mean? It means that God has fulfilled the prophecy that the Holy Spirit has been poured out on all flesh, that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved without any of the classifications or qualifications that we try to put on it, and that the indwelling, the Holy Spirit, will be the mark, the sure and certain sign of salvation. Most of us, though, have never experienced anything as dramatic as speaking in tongues or languages that we've never learned. Few of us have experienced miraculous powers working through us. Does that mean we don't have the Holy Spirit? Does that mean we haven't yet been saved? There are churches that claim that. There are churches that say 
that you aren't saved until you have received the gift of speaking in tongues. The Bible makes it clear, though, that speaking in tongues is only one of the gifts given by the Holy Spirit, that each particular gift is only given to some people, different gifts given to different people. A better marker than a, a better marker of having received the Holy Spirit is to consider not the individual gifts, but to look at the fruit. The fruit. Paul, in his letter to the Galatians, says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Whenever a person is filled by the Holy Spirit, these fruits will be growing in that person's life. Jesus likewise said, you will know them by their fruit. You will know that you are filled with the Holy Spirit, and others will know that you are filled with the Holy Spirit by the fruit shown forth in your testimony. In your words, yes, but even more so in your attitudes, in your character. When the Holy Spirit comes upon your spirit, you can't help but to be impacted by that. You will be changed. Others will know. They will see the Holy Spirit in you because they see the fruit of the Spirit. Love. Joy. Peace. Patience. Kindness. Generosity. Faithfulness. Gentleness self-control. These will be growing in you. That's why Paul says in his first letter to the Corinthians that it matters not what kind of spiritual gifts you've been given. If you have not love, then it is meaningless. It is for nothing. Don't tell me that you're saved because you can speak in tongues. Show me that you're saved because you can love your brother and sister. You can love your neighbor. You can love the stranger, even as yourself. Show me that you are saved because you can even love your enemy. I hope and pray that that is what we are about whenever we gather in this place, learning to love more perfectly, opening ourselves to the Holy Spirit ever more fully, allowing the fruit of the Spirit to grow within us ever more abundantly. That is why we are all together in one place. Because if we can't learn to do it in here, then how in the world can we ever hope to do it out there? And if we can't do it out there, then how will the world ever know about Jesus? Come, Holy Spirit.
The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. In the beginning, your spirit moved over the face of the waters. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. Your spirit came upon the prophets and teachers, anointing them to speak your word. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord. God of power and might. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. At his baptism in the Jordan, your spirit descended upon him and declared him your beloved son. With your spirit upon him, he turned away the temptations of sin. Your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick. He fed the hungry. He ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church delivered us from slavery to sin and death and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. And when the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always, baptizing us with the Holy Spirit and with fire as on that day of Pentecost. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. On the day you raised him from the dead, he was recognized by his disciples in the breaking of the bread. And in the power of your Holy Spirit, your church has continued in the breaking of the bread and the sharing of the cup. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and juice. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood and empowered by the gifts of the Holy Spirit. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, showing forth the fruit of the Spirit until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Invite the ushers forward.
body of Christ broken for you, take and eat in remembrance of him. cup of salvation poured out in the blood of Jesus Christ. Take and drink in remembrance of him. Oh, holy God, thank you for giving yourself to us in this holy mystery through this sacrament in which you have poured your grace within us through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Through this sacrament, you have made us one in the body of Christ. May we continue to live as Christ's body in this place and out in the world by the power of your Holy Spirit. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
I invite you now to stand as you are able for our closing hymn, which is number 566 in the hymnal. Blessed be the dear uniting love. Let us sing together. I invite you to be seated and please remain seated until after the choir has recessed out and then you are dismissed uh, to go on your way or to go down and join us for the meal. I'm going to go ahead and pray a blessing for the meal now so that uh, when, when you're down there and when the food's ready, you can just go ahead. Uh, so let us pray. Lord, thank you for this church family. Thank you for our fellowship with one another, our unity in you. We celebrate that this, that this day in worship, we celebrate that with this meal. And so may the meal be a celebration of our church. May it be a celebration of all of those who give of themselves in service to their church, offering their talents to your glory. May you bless the food and bless those who have prepared it and those serving it and all of us who receive it so that we might be strengthened not just in body but in spirit. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Go forth now in the power of of the Holy Spirit as he leads and guides you in all things. Amen.